Business owners are cluing into the fact that Bitcoin is here to stay, but its adoption is only about where internet adoption was in the mid-90s. In other words, there's still a ton of upside and opportunity. If you want to learn how other business owners and entrepreneurs are using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses so that you can too, stick around at the end of this episode to hear the trailer for my newest podcast, Business Bitcoinization. And now, on to today's episode. Today on the show, we're talking to a college dropout turned marketing expert who's now preparing others for the marketing world with a unique approach that's completely free up front. Welcome to the Life as Leadership podcast, where leaders gather to grow together. I'm your host, Josh Friedemann, and our guest today started her career as a computer science student at Purdue University. She dropped out of college at 19 years old and moved to San Francisco with the goal to build the most scalable marketing agency in the world. She ran Jamoka Media for four years, and in her peak, she was generating one to two million views per month on LinkedIn for herself and her clients. In 2019, she decided to start SkillBank, a marketing boot camp that's completely free up front. If someone's motivated to land a job in marketing, SkillBank is there to help. Here is Mahek Vora. Mahek, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Josh. Thanks for having me. So I like to start off every single interview with a few questions to help us to get to know you better as a leader and give us some insight for our own lives. So you ready for these? Let's do it. What is some lesson, saying, or experience that continues to influence your leadership to this day? It's that you have to look at yourself as your biggest project. Whenever I am focusing on something or trying to do something new, it's all to actually make myself the best version of myself. And you know, you have to look at entrepreneurship, leadership, everything. You have to come at it at a place from no ego. You know, you don't know what you don't know. And we we preach this to our, our fellows on the first day of our program where you have to look at yourself as your biggest project and you have to be consistently open to learning. And if you are, you'll be a good leader in the process of that because you're setting yourself up to learn the things that you don't know. Use three descriptors to finish this sentence. A leader is... A leader is empathetic, regimented, and healthy. I think those are the three really big things that you need um, to to really keep in mind. Like you can't be a leader if you're not taking care of yourself, being healthy, being regimented means that you know you have you have a schedule, you have a system. It's very easy to have things fall through the cracks, but if you have a system for setting things up, putting yourself in a good spot, and empathy is so important for um, being a leader. Empathy is important because you have to be able to understand where your team's coming from and where your clients are coming from. And if you can't empathize with people, you can't sell to them. What is a question that leaders should be asking either themselves or others? What am I doing this for? I think that's the most important thing. You have to really take it back to everything you're doing. Are you doing it to actually make yourself better? Are you doing it to make the team better? Or are you doing it because you're doing it to drive your ego? Um, Or are you doing it because you're doing it to prove something? You know, like, I think you really have to break down at the end of the day, what are your, what are your goals and why are you doing the things that you're doing? If not, it's really easy to get misaligned. What's a book that you would recommend to leaders? You know, I wish I read more, but um, one of my favorite books is, um, not specifically just for readers, but it's my favorite marketing book. Um, it's called Trust Me, I'm Lying by Ryan Holiday. And it's just about the marketing industry and 
how the whole industry is just run through clicks and online. So if you're if you're looking to start something in the marketing world, I'd highly recommend reading that book. If you could get every listener to start doing something this week to help them be a better leader, what would that thing be? Just start doing. You know, like I think a lot of people at the end of the day are looking at content or podcasts. And while I think all of that is really good because it provides perspective, the best way you're going to really get the most perspective and learn is by putting yourself out there, trying new things. And you can start leadership through hiring contractors or through even working with people um, that are just interested in getting involved with your team. Leadership is something that can be practiced in so many different ways other than just having to hire full-time staff. So I think it's, it's really important to put yourself out there, start trying new things, and you'll pick up leadership skills along the way. And finally, we have our arbitrary but insightful question, which is this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? Why not? And the reason why is because with why not, you're finding reasons to say no. And I think that that's actually a much better way to to move forward than to find reasons to say yes. When you're finding reasons to say no, you're actually you're failing faster. You're you're pushing yourself harder I think that's that's the most that's the most important thing that you can do as a leader to put yourself out of your comfort zone. We'll be back with the rest of our interview right after this. As the leader of your organization, you have a lot on your plate. You work most of your day, leaving you little time to think about your own development. There's a resource for you, and it's called the Leadership Action List. Get the best leadership development tips for leaders by leaders at leadershipactionlist.com. The best news? It's free. Once again, for a year's worth of weekly leadership development, download the Leadership Action List at leadershipactionlist.com. So, Mahek, we're here today to talk about your your life and specifically your newest project, Skill Bank, and how you're looking to help people who are interested in marketing gain the knowledge and the skills they need to succeed in that industry. That being said, I'd love to start off a little bit uh, hearing more about your story from college to dropping out to starting up your own media company and now with Skill Bank. What was it that led you to make these decisions and what are you looking to do? What's the impact you're looking to make long term with Skill Bank? Yeah. So when I was in college, I wanted to be self-employed by the time that I graduated. And going into my sophomore year of college, I realized that you don't need a college degree to succeed, especially within the marketing world. Whenever you're looking at people that have done a really successful or have become really successful within the marketing world or the startup world, a lot of them don't either have college degrees or aren't using the degree that they got in college. And I was paying out-of-state tuition to go to Purdue to study computer science. So I convinced my parents into letting me take a six-month break and move out to San Francisco and figure things out on my own. And within that time, I learned so much more than being on campus and sitting in a classroom and learning from teacher curriculum. So being out in San Francisco, I got client experience and I built up this media agency and I ran that in San Francisco for four years. And within that time, my friends from college graduated as well. And I realized that I was professionally much farther ahead of them. I had more connections in the field. I had more experience. I had really gotten a foot ahead of them, even though they had that piece of paper and that degree. And then my friends who did get that piece of paper, a lot of them didn't even know where to start or where to go to. So after three or four years of running this agency, I decided to pass that on to one of my um, employees. And I decided to start 
Skill Bank. And the whole premise of Skill Bank is that we are a bridge between college and landing your full-time job for marketers. So within 15 weeks, we'll teach you everything you need to know to land a job and it's completely free up front. So if we help you land a job, helping you make at least $40,000 a year, you start to pay us back 10% of your salary. If we help you make anything less than that, you don't owe us anything because we did a really bad job at helping you get a high paying job. And our, our goal with this is we want to help bridge that gap. We believe that there's right now a really big disconnect between what's being taught in college and what marketing agencies and startups really want to see in entry level marketing talent. So we want to we want to bridge that gap and help people get to that next stage within their career. And are you talking to agency owners or other people who would be hiring marketers to make sure that you know exactly what they want? Because, you know, you said you're giving them everything they need to know to land a job. What does that include and how are you able to to stay up to date on all of those things? Yeah, so we're partnered with a bunch of different agencies like Hawk Media, Disruptive Advertising. Um, those are some really big players within the space and startups, VC firms. So our whole goal is whenever a student comes into the program, we're not just teaching them the curriculum. For the 15 weeks of the program, you're learning paid media. So how do you do Facebook ads, Google ads, set up video funnels, um, website funnels? And then after we teach you the technical skills that you need to know, we then help with making intros to agencies, to startups that are looking to hire for paid media and demand generation people and helping you land that next job at a, at a company. So I was just talking, I think, last week with someone about a communication degree at pretty much any college. A lot of things you're learning there are already out of date. And I feel like what you're doing is very relevant because we're we're moving at a pretty fast pace when it comes to how technology is changing and what type of technology you're using in marketing. That being said, are the core principles staying the same or how much needs to be changing? How, how much do you need to be staying on top of the game? How fast are things going? Is it as fast as an outsider would assume like myself or have things stayed more consistent than I might be assuming here? Oh, yeah. Things are changing all the time. And, you know, the thing with marketing specifically, because everything is online, online marketing and paid media has made marketing democratized. So like anyone can do marketing, regardless of if they have a degree, um, regardless of if they're working at a company or they're working for themselves. And because of that, the market is constantly shifting. Sometimes growth hacks that were working yesterday aren't going to be working today. Sometimes features that were available yesterday aren't going to be available today. And this was a really big reason for why I also personally wanted to step away from running an agency myself, because I, I realized that colleges and universities were not preparing their students for learning quickly and figuring out those next steps on how do you how do you do growth marketing how do you how do you stay on top of the trends and we we do that at Skillbank by really keeping a pulse on the industry and talking to our agency partners by asking them what they're hiring for by making sure that our curriculum is staying up to date and getting audited by people that are directors and managers at these agencies and as long as we're doing that we're finding that we're able to really keep a strong pulse on what the industry is looking for but even in the last year and a half since we've started Skillbank we've changed our curriculum around like three or four times just based on changes that Facebook is bringing out with Facebook ads there's a lot of pixel changes that are happening so like 
because the marketing world right now is so dependent on these really big companies, they're moving the market. And it's really important that whoever is teaching it is keeping that pulse. What was it that got you into the world of marketing in the first place? I mean, I, I realized that you went to San Francisco and you started up Jamoka Media. Was there something that drew you to marketing in particular, or did you just see a great opportunity and have continued that opportunity with SkillBank? I love this question because I didn't go to college to study marketing. I went to college to study computer science and I I wanted to be a programmer. And that's actually what I did for the first two years while I was in college. Um, And even actually out of college, I started Jamoka by making websites for people and building apps. And while I was doing that, I was also making YouTube videos and I was documenting my time at school. And I found that there was a lot of power in having a voice and having people listen to me and what I had to say. If I could create content and build an audience, I realized I could drive traffic to the products that I was building and really make a name for myself in a way that a lot of programmers at the time weren't really able to do because they were spending most of their time programming. So I got into it through making YouTube videos. And then from there, it was, okay, hey, I'm building these websites. What if I also help them with Facebook ads to drive traffic to their sites? And I realized that if I could take a more technical approach to marketing, we would actually see much stronger results than someone who was taking a more creative approach to marketing. Um, Because marketing, especially today, isn't like you could have a really well-produced ad, but it might not convert if it's not tested and if it's not actually speaking to the audience that you're trying to speak to. Because of that, technical marketing is really becoming more prominent. And I realized that if I could take that experience that I had from programming and bring it over, I would be really su- successful. That's how that's how I got into it. It was it was a really slow thing, and I wasn't I wasn't supposed to be here, but it's what I really enjoy. And I think that if you can figure out how to drive an audience to something, you're set for life. I'm curious about the the free upfront model. You ran by that a few minutes ago. I'd like for you to talk about what the the reimbursement eventually looks like once again, because I feel like that's one of those things that people could easily just kind of uh, gloss over and could have missed that. And then also, I'm just curious, what is the inspiration for that model? I've heard about it in theory before, but I've never actually... I say say never. I don't think I've ever seen anyone actually using it as a business model. When it comes to our inspiration, we wanted to align incentives. When you're going to college, um, especially if you're paying for an out-of-state tuition, you're spending 35 to 40K a year to get a piece of paper. And that piece of paper is not guaranteed to land you a job. You still have to go out there and find jobs on your own. At SkillBank, we're aligning incentives with our fellows that are coming into the program. And what that means is if they're not making over $40,000 a year, we've done a really bad job at actually helping them succeed and get to that next level. And because of that, they don't owe us a dime if they're under that amount. At the max that they would spend with us, if they're paying 10% of their salary over two years, we cap our payments at 15K. So you're never going to pay us more than that amount. So if you're somehow land a $200,000 job, you, you wouldn't be paying us 20K to go through our program. We would cap that at 15 and the, the minimum is just 10% of 40. So you'd be paying us 8K for two years. And obviously, this this shows that you want to help people succeed, as you've highlighted. That being said, I could see some people who are listening to this be a little concerned about that the profitability of that business model. What are you seeing so far? What what are some some thoughts you have for people who have that thought in their mind? 
Yeah, you know, we're taking all of the risk up front, right? Like you can go through the program and decide halfway through, hey, I actually don't want to do this anymore. In that case, we've we've lost money in that scenario. And the other thing too is we're not taking money on the placement side from companies. We're seeing a lot of boot camps in the income share agreement space that um, have been able to hedge their risks a little bit more by saying, hey, yeah, we'll place you at a company. And then also that company also owes us 10% of your salary for a placement fee. We're not doing that because that's not aligning our incentives with our fellows anymore. It's us actually working with the companies. So that's the really big thing that we're just trying to push for is, is how can we make sure that we're giving our students the best experience and making sure that we're aligned with them and the income share agreement is the best way to do that rather than taking a placement fee. Are there any other differentiators for SkillBank besides that that free upfront model in the particular way that you're doing it? Maybe some differentiations as far as course content or strategies go. Yes. So there's other boot camps in the space that are for digital marketing. We're the only boot camp, though, that has actually broken down marketing into specified niches. So what I mean by that is if you're going to like a general assembly or a thinkful, um, you're going to be learning paid media, content, SEO, everything under the sun while you're going through their program. And it's the same amount of time that our program is maybe a little bit longer, but you're, you're leaving that, that boot camp as a generalist with us. Instead, what we've decided is, is you're actually just going to come to us and learn one thing and learn how to do it really, really well. And as we're talking to agencies and startups, that's what they want to see. They don't want to hire someone coming into the program that has maybe touched paid media once or has just touched SEO once. They want someone that can come in and has said, hey, in the last 15 weeks, I've been to this boot camp and I've been able to provide X results using Facebook ads and Google ads. So that's really what we're focusing on is we want to create the best entry-level talent. And that's what our whole program is structured around is how can we give you that experience so you can go into a paid media role and be their best entry-level talent. So is this something where a business owner, a business leader could hear this and send someone from their organization? Or is this solely for people who don't have jobs yet, but are actively looking to get into a marketing job after SkillBank? Yeah. So we've had people come into the program that have been brought in by their employers or their employers have paid for them to come through. Um, but the way that the program is mainly structured is for people that do not have jobs because starting on week three, you start to um, get access to the career curriculum. It's really built into how the program works. Every week, the students make a project to pitch themselves to companies. So yeah, it's, it's all really structured around helping you land that next job. But we have had people come in through their employers. Well, I love the, the mission and vision of SkillBank. I'm curious to maybe get some insight from you for leaders who are listening right now, maybe for those who are looking to up their marketing game, whether, and you can maybe answer this from a, a personal perspective, like an individual person on social media or uh things that you think companies should be doing. What are some quick tips you could recommend to leaders who want to make sure that their their marketing game is on point? Test everything. You don't know what works. You don't know what doesn't work. Identify what are the different levers that you could be pulling to actually start bringing in traffic to your site. Is it social content like posting on TikTok or Twitter or Instagram or Facebook? Is it running paid media? Is it um, writing blogs? 
And you're never going to actually know if any of those work unless you actually start to test things out. So my biggest piece of advice to anyone that's looking to get into marketing or is looking to sell something is write down and do a brainstorm of like, what are all of the different marketing levers that I can start to pull to start bringing in traffic to my site? And how can I start testing that out immediately? And it's not just testing out the platforms itself, but it's testing out audiences that are on those platforms. It's testing out the type of content that you're putting out. Is it video? Is it text? Is it the way that you're wording things? Um, there's, there's so many different levers that can be pulled whenever you're starting to market something, but you're not going to know if something works um, without actually testing it out. And you can't make assumptions. I've seen this happen so many times where someone starts a company and they say, hey, I know that my audience is this. Um, and then six months down the line, they've spent a bunch of money trying to market to an audience that actually didn't want that product in the first place. But there's a completely other use case where it fits the market a lot better. So I think, yeah, I think keep your eyes open, test out a bunch of different things, and you'll figure out who you're trying to market to and how you're going to market to them. And I'm guessing that your answer to this to some degree would be testing as well. But where should people be thinking about spending their time online with any number of social media sites that people are having success on? Do you have any any ways of thinking to help people decide where are the one or two places that I'm going to be spending my time? Or maybe the answer is spend time everywhere. Yeah, you know, testing. Testing is the best, biggest thing. I mean, the other thing you could do is identify other competitors and other companies that are within your space. What platforms are they on? If they're a consumer startup or if they're selling an e-commerce product, are they on TikTok? What does their TikTok game look like? Are they posting videos? Are they doing testimonial content? Um, are they running Facebook ads? How is their website set up? You can really look at your competitors and see what have they figured out? Because if your competitor is creating a bunch of content to go to one specific user persona or like a specific type of person, it might be because it's really working well for them. Um, and they've figured out that that, that audience is going to really buy that product. So start trying to emulate it and then start testing and iterating on that. You know, I think at the end of the day, you want to look at what the landscape looks like and how can you take that information and then use it for yourself. So everything is learning information at the end of the day. So Mahek, before we finish up today's interview, I'm wondering, are there any final thoughts that you have to leave the listeners with, whether it's something you want to reiterate from our conversation or something we just haven't had a chance to get to today? Yeah, the biggest thing that I'd want anyone to take away from this conversation is, like I said, you know, I look at myself as my biggest project and I'm, I'm also constantly testing and iterating on myself. You know, I'm trying different things. I'm meeting new people. I'm putting myself out there. And, you know, I think half the battle when it comes to leadership is just showing up and putting the work in. So I think if you can get that part figured out and figure out how you can show up for yourself, you're, you're on the right path to success. And if people have really liked what they've heard today, they, they want to learn more about you and the work that you're doing, especially with SkillBank, where would you recommend that they go? Yeah. So if you want to apply to SkillBank, just go to joinskillbank.com. If you want to follow me, um, you can follow me anywhere, um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at the, T-H-E, and then my full name, Mehek, M-E-H-A-K, Vora, V-O-H-R-A. Mehek, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much.
I hope you enjoyed today's interview with Mahek. If you want to reach out to her and connect with her, I encourage you to look in the show notes below or at lifeasleadership.com for ways you can do that. And as always, I want to encourage you to download the free leadership action list. This is a resource for those leaders who are serious about taking consistent action to improve your leadership. You can download the free leadership action list at leadershipactionlist.com. Until next time, keep living and leading well. Hey, thanks for checking out this trailer for the Business Bitcoinization Show. My name is Josh Friedemann, and I'll be with you each episode interviewing business owners about how they're using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses. You might be wondering about the name, and I'll get to that in just a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about the show and who it's for. Unless you've lived under a rock for the last decade, you've heard of Bitcoin by now. And if you're like me, you heard about it a while ago, but didn't do anything about it until the last couple of years. Then one day, for whatever reason, it finally clicks. And after that, you enter the Bitcoin rabbit hole, as they say. And the deeper you get, the more you see the value of Bitcoin. But you know, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't know much about Bitcoin, but are interested in learning more. Either way, this show can help you. Each episode will introduce you to an executive or entrepreneur who's using Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth, to improve their life and their business. So, what's with the name? Well, it's a play on the term hyper-Bitcoinization, which is used to describe the eventual rapid adoption of Bitcoin as other currencies get weaker and weaker in relation to it. When you compare a seemingly never-ending supply of dollars to a hard cap of 21 million Bitcoin that will ever exist, it feels like only a matter of time until hyper-Bitcoinization happens. The good news is we have the opportunity to be on the front lines of creating a new and frankly better system. Whether you're already sold on Bitcoin and it feels like I'm preaching to the choir, or you're curious to learn more, business Bitcoinization will help you understand how you and your business can be prepared to take advantage of the massive productivity and wealth that Bitcoin will enable. If business Bitcoinization sounds like a show for you, go ahead and subscribe. Obviously, you can subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using right now or go to www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. Once again, that's www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. I'm looking forward to sharing more soon. And until then, keep living and leading well.